I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, welcome. This is Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And this week we're talking about leadership. Partly because I got my voters pamphlet in the mail. I'm thinking about the upcoming election, influenced by the presidential and vice presidential debates, I'm sure. But partly because I'm also in a changing dynamic with our teenage daughter, right? Our household, our environment where we work and school has changed. We've both grown older this year and are viewing our lives differently. And that has changed the nature of leadership in our house. You see, I don't think leadership is just about leading governments or cities. I don't think it's just about being the president of an association or organization or workplace group. I think it's also about how we show up in our relationships with our family and our friends. How do we influence and lead people so that we can function as a healthy unit. I started thinking about this again because I read this study about fish. Now stay with me. I wrote about it for Psychology Today. You can go to the blog there on psychologytoday.com, search for Polly Campbell or Imperfect Spirituality, and you'll get all my articles up there. And tons of people have looked at this one because I think it's fascinating what we can learn from the natural environment and how it applies to our own lives. In this case, researchers studied a very social species of fish. Say that three times, social species of fish. And they studied these fish and watched how they interacted with each other. And what they learned was that the most effective leaders, the ones with the greatest influence and power within the school, don't have the qualities you might think. In a joint study, researchers from the U.S. and Germany looked at fish that are highly social, and within these schools of fish, there are some pushy, dominant, domineering, more aggressive fish who literally push the other fish around to get what they want, and they have this need to control resources like food, space, territory. They're super physically aggressive and knock other fish out of the way. That's how they connect. That's how they work within the schools. Sounds like a mean girl club at school. But within the same group of these fish, there are those that are a little more laid back and mellow. The so-called subordinate fish or weaker members are actually the ones that hold the most important kind of power. The so-called weaker fish, the ones who are not pushing others around to get their way, actually have more influence. In this study, researchers primed the different schools of fish to swim to their food when a light was turned on. A light goes on, the fish know the food is coming out. But only two sections of fish know. One is the more domineering group, and one is the mellower, so-called subordinate group. So when the light was turned on, guess who the other fish followed? to the food. The fish who had no idea what was going on tended to follow the so-called weaker 
fish. These fish had learned how to build consensus and cooperation within others in the school. They wielded the biggest influence and were the most trusted. This got me thinking about our own political system and, and really my parenting style and my family life. I'm definitely the more assertive parent in the household. I do most of the day-to-day management, the scheduling, the meal planning, uh, that kind of stuff. My husband does the other stuff for sure, but when it comes to the daily management, that's me. And I have different styles for this, and a lot of them are depending on how tired I am, what kind of stress I'm having at work, what kind of buy-in I'm getting from others around me. Ultimately, when it comes to getting stuff done around here, I need others to help out, right? I need us to cooperate and work as a family unit to get the chores done and the table set or the clothes washed or the bills paid. We need to coordinate scheduling for different events and and getting in the car and getting people to their doctor's appointments and the things that need to happen, right? And I'm usually the one that navigates that and I have to come up with all different ways of getting that kind of cooperation. And sometimes those different ways may or may not look like uh, yelling. (laughs) Sometimes it's nagging. Would you just put your shoes away? Would you just put the toilet paper on the roll? Can you put the toilet paper on the roll? Sounds something like that. Sometimes it's just delegating and letting go. Would you get this done by five o'clock, please? Sometimes it's asking questions and then following the lead of others. But my style is rarely quiet. I talk about things. I have systems and plans, and I'm really curious about how the others in this family work. I'm open to other ideas about it. My husband, on the other hand, he rarely expresses his opinion. He doesn't get too involved in in a lot of things. He doesn't usually care what we have for dinner or what color of shirt I wear, what our weekend schedule is looking like. He trusts me to check in with him as needed, and then we make decisions together. But I'm presenting the information to him. And when he does have a care concern, he just lays it out there. It's it's not nagging. It, it's not loud. He never yells. And that approach, that quieter approach, gives him so much more power around here. Because when he does weigh in, my daughter and I both know that he's making good sense. He almost always gets his way. Because he isn't blustery or bossy about it. He's more cooperative, right? Collaborative. So this year when we were in such close quarters with each other while we're living uh, in schooling and working together at home, I've really taken a good look at some of my household management approaches and my leadership skills around here. And I'm practicing some of those things that I think are helping me as a parent, as well as an employee and, and just a person trying to navigate through this big changing world. Now, we're all called on for our leadership abilities at one time or another. We lead at work when we're in charge of a team creating a project. We lead our households and we need to get things done. So like the fish, those who build the greatest consensus and collaboration will yield the most influence and power. Use that power wisely. I mean, I just want the dishwasher unloaded, right? So if I can find a way where I can lead through that (laughs) just to get the chores done without an argument or without me nagging, 
I think that's more effective leadership. So here's some things I've learned about leadership, and I'm using this at home every day. And I thought these ideas might help you too. So think about this. The strongest leaders build consensus. They don't have to be the bossiest. They don't have to be the loudest. The strongest leaders are the one that bring people together in a way that helps them feel a valued part of the team. So around here, even when we don't agree, I'm looking for aspects that we can all agree on. Ultimately, it's my decision or it's my husband's decision, right? I I have to decide what I'm doing for my work projects. That's on me. But I work with a lot of other people and on these different projects. And I want to hear what they have to say because there are elements of that sharing that can be helpful to me, that I can learn from, that I can get better at. So the strongest leaders build consensus. We might not agree, but there might be aspects of any one project or idea that you can pull in from others and create kind of this multi-layered solution that builds consensus among teammates. Another thing that I'm doing a lot more of, because I have an older child now, is when you delegate, Go for done and stay out of it. This is super hard for me because I have my own way of doing things right around the house, around work, around whatever. My husband does too. He he has his own style of his own work at his office, but now he's here half the time. And so we're influenced by what's going on in the house. If I want the dishwasher unloaded, I ask, I find somebody that I can ask to do that and I get out of it. How that happens is no longer my concern. So when you have a job that you can delegate, go for done and stay out of it. There's no need to nag or boss. A lot a lot of times I give a deadline around here. I'll say, please do this by noon. Sometimes I'll write it down and I'll create a to-do list. I've given my daughter some really cool um paper so she can create her own as well. So she knows what has to be done because a lot of times things don't happen just because we're spacey. It blows our mind, right? We got a lot of things going on here and, and we'll forget or we'll move on to other things. So for me, I need to write it down. My daughter likes to do that too. But when we are helping each other out, if my husband asks me to do something, I don't want him leaning over my shoulder telling me how to do it, right? I got this. Delegate, go for done, stay out of it. This is uh, this was a hard thing for me to, to do well. I'm getting a lot better out of it because it makes my life so much easier. When I do the job, I can do it my way. When I assign it to somebody else or they're willing to take it on, that's on them. They can do it however they want, right? Also, leadership. The most effective leaders, they're creative, they're agile, they're connective, Right? Things don't have to be hard. Responsibilities and tasks at work, around the house, running errands, it doesn't have to be hard. So be creative in the way you approach it. Now, when I'm doing chores around the house, I like to have my podcast on. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to focus on what I'm doing and listen to my podcast. When we're working on family chores around here, we're working together on something, Um, the other two members of my family, it works better for them to have what we call working music. And we put on a really fast, upbeat 
music gets people motivated. We work faster. We dance around. We have a good time. So go with the flow. Be agile. Be adaptive. Look at your personnel at work or at home. Look at the group you're leading and what appeals to them, what unique interests and abilities they bring to the job. And then be adaptive in how you get that job done to fit their skills and abilities and preferences. You're going to be a lot more successful. You're going to get a lot more done faster. And really, that's what I'm doing. Also, when we play into things that are fun or joyful for others, when we include aspects of our experience that are interesting to others, things become more collaborative and connective. And so we bring out the best in the people we're leading or the people we're working with, and everybody is more productive. And they feel more satisfied with the end result. They tend to work harder because there's greater meaning for them. So make sure that you're looking fundamentally at what needs to be accomplished with your team and then look at ways where you can uh, respond to their unique abilities and personalities and talents to really make a fun and a connective experience. Uh, get creative. We all feel better when we're thinking outside the box a little. Ultimately, though, around here, things are going to go my way. I'm the mom. And there are things that have to happen in the course of a day so we can keep our school running and our jobs running and keep in good relationship with each other. In those cases, I really work to be kind but clear. Nobody succeeds when there are mixed expectations or changing rules. That way nobody wins, right? If there's a moving target and you never know when you're completed or what needs to happen to be successful, it's frustrating, it's super stressful, and nothing gets done. So be kind but clear. Sometimes we are just going to do my things my way. And I will say that straight up. Listen, I know this doesn't make sense, but today I feel like we have to get this done. Or I know you have a different way of doing things, but this is what I need from you before two o'clock. You don't have to be a tyrant about it. You don't have to nag or boss. Be kind, but clear. Let everybody on your team know what the expectations are and listen to what they need from you. That way we can all reach the end goal and feel like we've contributed something meaningful. And pay attention to the talents and abilities of the people you have around you. Get to know your team. Really pay attention to what drives your kids. What, what do they get excited about? What do they feel proud about? Understand what your partner is good at doing and what not so much. When I first got married, we had a rule around here, my husband and I, that we would alternate who cooks. That lasted for about one day because my husband, he's not good at it. He doesn't like to cook. It doesn't play to his strengths and he doesn't have a lot of experience doing it. I really enjoy cooking when I have time to do it and I have cooked quite a bit and so I'm pretty comfortable in the kitchen. I'm more efficient and it plays to my strengths of being really organized and really good with time management. So we immediately switched that up. He likes washing the dishes. He feels more satisfied when he sees the kitchen being cleaned because he feels like there's a, a real end place, a real outcome, and uh, he feels successful. So I cook dinner most nights, and most nights he 
cleans up the kitchen. Now, we work together on a lot of things, and my daughter is in there too. But pick the jobs that align with the strength of your team members, and people are going to get more excited about it. You won't have to nag. You won't have to boss. You won't have to supervise because the job will align with their innate talents and interests, and they'll be motivated to do good work. Finally, look for a way for everyone to have some buy-in. You know, you need these people to show up and work with you and collaborate with you to get the finished project done at work, to get the house put back together before visitors come, to vacuum the rug, to take care of the animals, whatever it is. Inspire change, motivate change. And people will get excited about it. That means you have to get excited about it, right? That means you have to demonstrate your own willingness to work with uncertainty, to get creative in the way you approach things, to try new things. Everyone wants to feel like they belong, like they matter. And truly everyone does. We need everyone's efforts, their best efforts to smooth things out a little bit, right? Be more proactive in the face of some of this adversity that as a world we're encountering. And there's a lot of adversity in the homes right now, too. This is a hard situation. We're, we're being challenged to adapt and grow every member of the house. So empower people, teach them, guide them, inspire them, and allow them to be a part of the solutions that you're going for. A family is a team, and it doesn't work if one of the teammates doesn't show up for the game, right? But in order to buy-in from every member. People also need to feel like what they do matters. They need to be empowered to make decisions. They need to be supported and given the tools and the time that they need to successfully complete their jobs or make things run better. And they need to feel good about it. You know, we, we have a gratitude session every night at the dinner table where we give thanks for something in the day. And almost always somebody is grateful for the effort another person went to to help out. And that feels good. Not only for the person who's giving the thanks, but for the person who did the job that helped, that filled the bucket, right? So you should only be with ideally, you should only be with the people that you can count on, right? Those are the people you want to work with on your team. Those are the people you want to live with, the people that you trust, that you care about. Then you need to settle back a little bit and empower them to do the job and work with them to improve it, right? The first time my daughter vacuumed the carpet, not a great job. She didn't have a lot of experience vacuuming the carpet, but now she's pretty good at it because we learned together and I showed her what my expectation was and how to get that done, how to be successful using the vacuum. It's a simple example of how a family and how workplace can work. So let go, empower your team, find people that you can count on and match their unique talents to the skills you need. It's not effective to be leaning over people as they do their jobs. It's, it's not a fun way to be a mother either or a wife. There's always a consequence for poor performance, but there needs to be room for people to be innovative and creative in what they bring to their job, whether it's work or at home. When I think of what I want in a leader, I guess those are the qualities that would be it. I want... 
the fish who acts a little quieter, doesn't beat people around, doesn't bully people, but uh, leads them to all the resources they need. And they go willingly because they trust him because he works for consensus. So think about how you lead in your life at home and in your workplace. Simply start today by assessing your leadership style. What is the strength of your leadership style? What do you bring to the team that makes it better and accomplishes what you need it to get done? And what is one quality of your leadership style that you need to improve? Pick up on that today and imagine what it would look like in your family or on your nonprofit board or in your church or in your school if you improve that aspect and put that in play. I'm really working on letting loose. So today I delegated a couple of chores that I need to be done. I didn't give any instruction. I gave a deadline. And then I disappeared in my office because I have plenty of work to do. So in the past, I've been way too involved in this process. I've, I've reminded people repeatedly, suggested they get started, tried to manage the time for them. That's not good leadership, and that's definitely not the kind of leader I want to be in my house or with the people I collaborate with at work. So I'm learning to delegate and let it go. That's where I started today. That's what I'm working on. And I'll let you know how it goes. We'll see you in a minute. I'll walk out there and uh, see if any progress has been made. And we'll go from there. So what are you going to work on today? Let me know what you want to do to improve your leadership at the home, in the office, at your church, on your nonprofit board. Tweet me at P.L. Campbell. Or you can find me on Facebook at Polly Campbell author, speaker, and join us there. Become part of our community. That brings us to the Simply Nifty segment. And today I want to share something, a phrase that I just, I think about a lot. And it, it uh, I actually have it on my desk. It's from the Tao Te Ching. And this is a translation by Stephen Mitchell. The Tao Te Ching was written by a Lao Tzu philosopher. He was thought to live maybe around 551 BC. But the Tao Te Ching is a, a little book of teachings and philosophies. And from that, I drew this for the Simply Nifty today. Act for the people's benefit, trust them, then leave them alone. Something to think about then as we go forward, right? Act for the people's benefit, trust them, and leave them alone. I like it. And think about what kind of leadership qualities make you feel safe and trusted? What kind of leader you want to follow and what they're doing that's effective or not effective. And that'll help us, I think, make good decisions when this election comes down. I think our roles as leaders is to really guide others to do their best, to do the right thing, to, to create the direction, the flow, the inspiration, the motivation to help create something that's meaningful for all of us and make a positive con contribution to the world. I, I really think that's what leading a family is about. I think that's what leading and collaborating on a work project is about. Uh, the process matters as much as the outcome. About building that collaborative energy so that all people can feel realized and empowered and strong. And 
We can all do that. Our families, coworkers, volunteer groups, nonprofit boards, countries, we are all teams and our teams work best and our leaders are most influential and effective. And we get the most important things done when we are bullying or brash, but when we are collaborative consensus builders. Think about what kind of leader you want to be, what you'll do that will inspire those of us around you to do better too. I think that will help us all live well, do good, and be happy. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.